Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have Mystic Show on Tuesday. Everything you could want in a program. Um, you know, the shows just keep evolving, getting better and better. Uh, as always, I want to thank my guests, my sponsors, my co-hosts and audience. You are all incredible. Uh, the show is listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Um, and I also just want to say to everybody, I'm praying for everyone out there. I mean, we are, you know, living in very weird times, you know, um, and, uh, you know, wherever you are, uh, I hope your day is going productive. I hope it's going well. Uh, the weekend is approaching. Um, you know, I hope safety is, is your first concern, and I hope your priorities are straight. Um, you know, I think about all the time you have on your hands. So whatever kind of, you know, entrepreneurial idea or, th- or, or idea or thing, thing you, you may have wanted to pursue when you didn't have time, here's your chance. You know, um, always uh, definitely find um, – ways to uh, utilize your situation in time. There's no doubt about that. And all we have right now, it seems like, is time. Um, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of it. I'm angry. You know, I'm furious. Um, you know, this is, this is silly, considering how many people die from the flu every year, how many people die from cancer, how many people have died from AIDS, how many people have died from all these sicknesses, but yet have we ever shut the economy down? The craziest thing I've ever seen in my 29 years, and I've seen a lot of shit, is this by far. It's, it's a whole new world order agenda. And we're going to get into this a lot tonight. But, uh, guys, uh, you know, it's, it's in the headlines, man. I mean, I, just uh, one thing after the other, I can't keep up. It's hard to keep up. And you really got to check your sources. I mean, there's so much fake, phony, fabricated material out there that, you know, um, it's just, um, I'll tell you. Uh, but anyways, um, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of news. Uh, a big announcement I want to make to everybody, all my listeners. Um, I just talked to Salem Radio today, uh, the biggest AM political station in America. And uh, people like Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, um, Larry Elder, Sebastian Gorka, Dennis Prager, Hugh Hewitt. Uh, they, all do, they all broadcast and do their shows from there. So a huge opportunity. But I will be starting there uh, May 17th. So mark your calendar. It will be May 17th. Uh, Originally, it was supposed to be um, next week, but uh, things have been so out of control and delayed with the corona crap, which is, you know, it's uh, it's just annoying, you know, how we, uh, our lives have to be put on hold. You know what I mean? I mean, all of a sudden, think, think about it, guys. I mean, everybody's in their daily routine and everybody's doing, you know, what they do best and going out, providing for their families, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, just drastically, just out of left field, that stops. There's going to be more people that die of mental health and psychosis from this than there will be from the actual disease. Um, Think about how many people die from suicide every year. I think it's way more than how many people have died from this disease so far in the United States. Um, It's, it's, yeah, it's mind-blowing. But, guys, um, I want to also mention uh, the next, N-E-X-G-E-N-U-S-A.com. Uh, again, that's the next N-E-X-G-E-N-U-S-A.com. My website is currently being restructured, revamped, re, you know, uh, just kind of getting put up to date and more evolved, uh, you know, with, with, the, with the current time. So you're really going to see an awesome platform and, and really a 
a lot of options and a lot more features and a lot of um, things that are, you know, obviously as as current as they can be. You know, I want to make this machine and and, and this um, entity as, as powerful as possible. We're, you know, we want to take uh, the Rory Sodder show to the next level. Uh, we have a lot of plans. Um, you know, we, we've grown like crazy. Episode 257 tonight. I can't believe it. You know, here we are, another week. Another week, guys. Um, well, now, let's get to the panel. I want to introduce, uh, I believe we have with us um, Sam Tully, who's a very good speaker and writer. What's up, buddy? A regular on our show? Welcome back. Hey, Roy. How you doing? And this actually, it's a pretty nice day here in Southern California for uh, yeah. someone that uh, can't go to the beach or anything like that. <laughs> but... Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I'm I'm recording right now from a place called Lake Pleasant, a beautiful place in Arizona, from my boat. So that's where I'm quarantining. And I'll tell you, it's been 100 degrees today. It's crazy, crazy weather here in Arizona. And I'm happy you're going to be joining me down here pretty soon. You just bought a house here, so that's exciting news. Yeah, yeah. If we close next week, uh, probably the transition will be sometime late May or in June, but. I might as well get acclimated to it in the middle of the the blistering heat. <laughs> so I'm on my yeah. way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know it it definitely, especially in the summertime. I'll tell you, it can get up to 120. I mean, it it can get brutal. Uh, but you know what? So it's so worth it. And all you do, you know, the real solution is going from one room with AC to the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, it will be a change, but you know, yeah, maybe because where you are, maybe, in, where you are in California, it doesn't get nearly that much, does it? I'm sorry. Where you are in California, where you are in California, it doesn't get nearly that hot, does it? Uh, Palmdale, we may get 101, uh, 102 once in a while, but it doesn't get uh, much hotter than that. So yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, a new experience. Well, uh, well, I'm definitely ha- happy that you're going to be joining me in the desert. Uh, definitely a lot of po- political radio stuff we'll keep getting involved with, and uh, I'm happy to have you on this journey, my friend, and a uh, lot, lot to get into tonight. Sounds good, Roy. All righty. Um, let's also welcome to the show good friend of mine. Um, I'm happy he's back with us. It's been, been about a month, I think, uh, very popular dude, doing a lot of big things right now. He's even running for office at his uh, school, Liberty Liberty University, which is one of the most recognizable, uh, popular schools in America. Uh, political operative and consultant, Corey Jones. Corey, how are you? Corey, are you with us? I don't think Corey, hold on a second. Bear with me. Corey, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hello? Oh, sorry. I, I had I had it on mute for some reason. Uh, dude, <laughs> love having you back. Yeah, I know. It's great to be back with you, man. Um, you know, every day is a blessing. I mean, if you uh, if you just sit sit around and watch the news media every single day, the mainstream media, it seems like the world's going to end any day. You know, so it's uh, it's, it's great to be back <laughs> yep. with you. The apocalypse, um, Armageddon. That's what that's what the left the, thinks. I mean, the, it's so easy to fearmonger these people. I mean, they. They really are the most gullible and most naive people I've ever seen. Oh, man, I know. I mean, I, so I think the last time I was actually on was, like you said, a, a 
about three or four weeks ago. And I remember I actually flew back home to uh, like the Dallas, Texas area, which is where I live. And uh, yeah. I remember walking to the airport, and this was like a month ago. And there were I saw like three people in like hazmat suits just walk around the airport. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even have a mask at that point, you know. So um, no, it's 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 just a crazy world we're living in. And I'm glad you're uh, glad you're doing well. But it seems like the weather's nice during this time of year, at least. So uh, it's it's good to get outside a little bit. So absolutely, absolutely, 100. percent And, t- and tell everybody. Uh, you're running for office at Liberty University, and you're you're doing very well in terms of uh, you know polling and in terms of the you are the favorable candidate. And uh, tell everybody about that, though. Yeah, so we actually um, so we we had our student body election uh, last week. Actually, um, I didn't really post too much on on Facebook about that. That's where we're, we mostly follow each other. Um, yeah, so I, I had my election uh, last week. And uh, my running mate and I, we did very well. Unfortunately, we came up a little bit short against the uh, adversaries, but it was a, it was a really close election, very good. Um, the whole COVID-19 operation, uh, well, excuse me, our, the, our whole operation of campaigning on campus and in person was uh, completely destroyed because of COVID-19. And so all of our operations were uh, completely completely torn down. So we feel like it would have been a, a different ending if we were able to actually campaign and and be on campus and interact with people. I mean, we were supposed to have a debate with the other campaign and the other candidates, actually. And um, that, that wasn't able to happen. But I, could, I would actually like to uh, talk a little bit uh, tonight about some of the things that occurred at Liberty University during the election, um, which I think many of your viewers are going to be interested, uh, interested in, because this is, you know, Liberty University is supposed to be the premier conservative school in the nation. Um, but there's been a lot of things that have happened. Um, behind the scenes there at the university that makes me think that my school is actually turning left. So I'd like to uh, talk to you a little bit about that tonight. Well, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, that was one of the things I was definitely going to address. I mean, the, the whole college th- campus thing, I mean, it's getting out of control and it's getting more radical and hostile than ever before. I mean, we, and you know what, you know what it's based upon and why it's happening. You've got all this dark money going uh, into these bank accounts and, 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 and funding these, you know, situations. It's it's a it's a bad, bad uh, scene. But let's let's definitely get into it. I'm glad you could be back with us. A lot to get into tonight. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Absolutely. Um, I also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. A good friend of mine. Uh, he's doing a lot of big things. He's uh, going against uh, the uh, the fruit the Fruit Loop the uh, the soy boy uh, Ted Lou in California. Uh, James Bradley. What's up, buddy? Running for U.S. Congress. Hey, Rory. <clears throat> How you doing, buddy? Doing great things out doing here good. on the ground. Uh, just working hard every day. Uh, after the primary, we're waiting for the results to come out in another day. That's when they officiate the, the primary. So we're all excited about that. I'm number two, so I made it in the top two. We're taking this boy down. Boy, it's, this guy, he never stops, never lets up. He's one of those guys that you just want to shove in the locker and never open it up. I mean, he's one of those guys you just want to <laughs> hang by his, by his undies. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I, I look at it and think, you know, West Side of Los Angeles, which I represent or will be representing in this election coming out uh, the conclusion, we have the most beautiful beaches, universities, and the people in California. And uh, we're suffering right. this scourge of homelessness. It's been the highest yes. it's ever been, and we're seeing the higher high, the, that number's increasing that supposedly are under the COVID virus thing. And I want to go over those numbers with you when we have time. And to, I, I have to tell you, 
they are inflating those numbers, those cold Oh, absolutely. Conditions. It's so fabricated. It's not even funny what they're doing. And the, you know what? These people are sick. The media is trying to kill us in so many different ways. I mean, they're, 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 pro- they're producing fake numbers. They are saying hydrochloroquine, however you pronounce it, is bad for us. I mean, they're misleading in every single way possible. But go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, right now they're, they're, they're claiming uh, there's uh, 1,700, a little over 1,700 cases in L.A. County alone and 797, and, I, and most of them are from nursing homes and the, uh, assisted living. So what they're doing is they're false, falsely inflating that. But we've got to talk about this, how this is impacting our, our community and our economy. We, we're at a point of no return. So I'm going to be addressing that in the upcoming election where I have some solid plans to bring us back to where we were and really bolster the economy. But, you know, the market segments that, that the unemployment rate is off the charts. And let me tell you, the, the number of unemployment claims that came in from leisure and hospitality were up at uh, 67, 67,200 uh, unemployment claims this, this month. That's it, insane. It can say, no, it is. It is. And, and I was reading as well, James, that in L.A. County, uh, only less than half the population there still has jobs. I mean, California is really getting hit hard through this. And um, it's crazy, though. But I'm, I'm glad you could join us. Um, a lot of big things to get into. I know, I know you're on a limited time schedule. So once I get done with my rants, I'll get to you first. Um, so and you can give all your opinions and what's on your mind. Can get those corona numbers as well. Um, by the way, tell everybody <laughs> where you get involved with your campaign, too. Oh, absolutely. It's really simple. Bradley Congress, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, congress.com. You got, I just thought I'm putting up a brand-new website. We're still in the process of doing it. But I'll give you a little slice of what we're trying to do in the district, our state, and our country. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So stay with us. I'll get to you first after my rants. You can give your opinions. Uh, big show tonight. Glad you could join us, though. Um, let's see here. I want to welcome – I want to make sure – Guys, bear with me. I want to make sure I have – let's see here. we got a lot of people on the line. I want to make sure that I have everybody. But, guys, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a, a big, big, big night. Um, I want to welcome right now – I believe he's with us. We have a popular political commentator. Uh, let's make sure he's with us. Yep, Chris Carter. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hey, Rory. Thanks for having me on the show, my friend. Absolutely. What's going on? I'm glad you could join us. Big show tonight. Oh, you know, I know, man. It's a great show as always. I love the guests. I love the subject matter. You're doing a great job. Let me ask you a question now. You ask everybody the question, so I'll ask you a question. On a (laughs) scale of 1 to 10, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you enjoying the daily smackdowns from President Donald Trump against the White House press corps? I'm loving it. I'm loving every second of it. I, I think it's some of the best entertainment on earth. And, uh, you know, you know it's, um, it's repetitive. I mean, in terms of what the media, uh, how they portray themselves, they ask the same questions. They purposely go in there looking for a fight. You know, they want to get on, get on his case. They don't care about facts. They care about what fits their best narrative and their story and what they can feed their sheep. That's basically all it is, you know? You know what I was thinking today? I was looking at the uh, reporter for CNN, Caitlin Collins. You know, she's about 28. Oh, 
She's from Alabama. She's my friend. No one likes her. You know, they think she's kind of a pain in the ass, and she's definitely addressing the president like he's a total jerk. I'm thinking to myself, right after she asked President Trump whatever uh, BS question she's trying to lead him into, does she get an email from the president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, saying, ask him this now, next? You know what I mean? No, no, I, I hear you. No, 100%. No, it, it's it's a um, it's a situation. Oh, and like, you, know, uh, you know, one of the one of the headlines I saw today was that the new acting spokesperson for the uh, Health and Human Services is Michael Caputo. Now, right? Michael Caputo, solid guy. Boom, CNN Tonight. They were already all over him. They're like, we found racist Chinese tweets. No, you're absolutely right. It's ridiculous what they come up with. But, Chris, I'm glad you could join us. A lot to get into tonight. I can't wait for yep. your opinions. Um, you bring a lot of value and insight to the show, so thank, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I want to also welcome, I believe he's with us. We have crime expert. Uh, Carlo Cavazzuti, my man. What's going on? I am here, my brother. How are you doing? I loved your intro tonight, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Well, I'm glad you could join us. It's been a few weeks, and, uh, you know, what, what's new? What, what's uh, what's uh, been, on, been on your mind? What have you been up to? What have you been you – I'm sure you're staying safe. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, no doubt about that. But uh, tonight I was backing out of a parking space, and – I don't think I watched close enough, and I damaged my wife's Mercedes. So I, uh, <laughs> I took my time getting home. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, uh. hot water, yeah, hot water. Yep. <laughs> yeah, hot water. I I have to buy her something nice, you know. And uh, it usually You'll comes with diamonds there. and rubies and stuff in it, you know. Uh, no, I hear you. The other night, I hear you. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, and congratulations for going on Salem Radio with all the heavy hitters. Man, you, you just fill it out. You just fill it out uh, with everyone else there. Mark Levin, jeez, um, my mind goes blank. Larry Elder, um, you know, it's all based out of Dallas, Texas. And you know I'm down here in Texas, just a few miles north of Dallas. Yeah. But the other night, yep. I listened to yeah, what, what, a... What's cool about Salem is that it's in every major city, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, anyways, I listened to this uh, video by a doctor, Rashad, Rashid Uttar. Uh, yeah. He has a uh, medical degree, doctor of osteopathy, but he has more degrees than the – Obama bill for health care, yeah. uh, right. more pages. I, I, I'm sure you're familiar with them. He, he worked with the U.S. Army Spec Ops, three, three or four different fellowships in different organizations, and he says yeah. this is all a conspiracy, this COVID-19. And uh, uh, who, I want, uh, World Car- Health Organization, Carl, I want- Gates, Fauci, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. And, Carlo, I'm going to get into this. We're going to get into this big tonight. Um, I do got to get into the opening rants, though, but I will definitely get to you 
after the opening rants to give all your opinions on this because I'm going to talk about Fauci. I'm going to talk about Gates. I'm going to talk about all these people. That's awesome. And I will be here patiently waiting. Absolutely. And by the way, tell everybody real quick where they can connect with you and find your book. Uh, they can connect with me at cabazootycrime.com. That's my webpage. Twitter is Carlo Cav, C-A-V, one. Uh, Facebook at um, Cabazooty Crime. My email address is Carlo at cabazootycrime.com. And, uh, you know, right now I got a real special deal, seeing as we're all locked up and stuck in our houses. Um, if yeah. you want a signed copy of one of my first two books, get a hold of me, $18 each. I will sign the book and ship it out to you. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. You know what I'm saying? I love Sorry. it. Just, I love it. Just like the Stevie Wonder song. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but Carlo, exactly. man, you're, you're, a gr- <laughs> you're a great value to the show. Thank you for joining us. Um, big, big stuff tonight, though. All right, all right, I'm waiting, and I'll be here uh, for any commentary when you uh, get your opening rant done. All right, perfect. All righty, everybody. So um, I got got a lot of people calling in. Uh, I'm going to make sure we get to every single person. Don't worry. Um, But let's start as usual. Uh, These are called the Rory Rants. I'm going to start with the small stuff that uh, we haven't been really hearing about because uh, we've been so distracted with the main headline, which is Corona and COVID-19. So, uh, you know, obviously once I finish the other stuff, we will get all into the Corona and all those recent updated information, you know. Okay, here we go, everybody. So I want to start with the Hillary email thing. So, It's interesting because now Google may have, apparently, according according to the subpoena, according to the the FBI, according to certain people, and and just in tech in general, if anybody knows tech, if anybody knows anything about, you know, the Internet, if anybody anybody knows anything about, you know, how – it's operated and how, how memory is stored and how the, the cookies work. And I'm sure people that use computers know the cur- term cookies and just various, various different things that factor into it. But once you put something up, it's really never deleted. I mean, Gmail is one of those examples, and they had an article on Breibart today, and um, her emails on Gmail, you know, even though she tried to bleach bit them, tried to get rid of them at every single what every single turn, every, every single way she possibly could, um, supposedly they, they, they're not gone. And that, you know, just goes to show um, what happens on the Internet once you post it. It's there, no matter how hard. I mean, you can probably delete it from that one platform that you're trying to get it off of. Uh, not, not obviously not Gmail, but there are certain places you can delete stuff. But that doesn't mean it's not already stored and going to show up in other places on results if you type something in. It's, yeah, I mean, it's like people want to – some people want to erase their identity. Some people want to erase things about them like mugshots, and they can't. There's all these different things. I mean, information about you. There's information about so many people from 20 years ago that will never go away. Um, and posts. You know, I know people that have deleted posts on multiple occasions 
but all you got to do is go to Google Images or, or cert, type it in certain places on the search engine, and it'll pop up from old, old stuff. So it's, it's never officially – never forget that, guys. It's never officially gone. You got to be very careful what you put on the internet. And Hillary Clinton you know, thought she had the, the clear. She thought she was home free. She thought that she was never going to face the music. But I, I'm glad these subpoenas are being taken seriously, and I'm glad people are speaking up about this. And you know, according to many sources, that uh, many, many, from what they've looked into and how they thoroughly investigated various things, uh, and with Google and Gmail, there, there's evidence. There's, there's missing emails that are being discovered. You know, we, we, we don't, we're not hearing that they're exactly discovered at this moment, but believe me, they're there. They, among other outlets, pretty much confirmed it the way they described it. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, can't, you can't run from the law. You, you know, and if you want – if hackers – and this is, it, it was all hackers, by the way. I'm just letting you know. There, there, there were hackers involved um, in, in, in other ways. I, I don't think they were – involved on this direct Gmail thing, but don't forget all the hackers that uncovered all these other things um, where, where they found her emails. And, and think about this. What if it was so simple all along that they were in Gmail this entire time? Like what if people are that stupid? What if people are that ignorant and oblivious and they, they had to pull the whole Sherlock Holmes thing and couldn't just stay simple. And you know, all these people, it's like, I know the whole secret server thing, and but like in a way, it is a weird story. Think about it. Like, like if if it was on Gmail all this time, then why didn't somebody do something about it? But it, but I understand how stuff is never really erased, you know. But it's the whole. St- it came out, and I'm just I'm reading it. Um, yeah, it's it's my. It's just like what what's going on here? What is going on? It, it's. And I think that there's Durham and there's um, AG Barr behind the scenes, um, obviously have a big part of this. Uh, Donald Trump said on the debate stage many times that uh, one of the first things and one of the main things he wanted to do was look into her server, look into everything that she was behind. Um, and, and, you know, it would be it, – it would actually be not surprising if she cause, – because you make it – if you try to do things in a secret way, sometimes you really rat you, – you, you give yourself – you spill the beans on, on, and, and rat on yourself. So I don't know. This, it's the Gmail thing. Why would you have – maybe to make it look like you weren't doing anything wrong? I don't know. We're going to have to talk about this because this, these are still breaking news. This is still developing. It's not like, you know – um, they have anything set in stone, but I'll tell you, you know, there was a long time that we did not hear a word about this story. I mean, it was a, a fixation, a huge obsession. It was a huge topic for a long time, and then it kind of went away, and now it's back. And obviously, we see some of the stuff with Mueller is back, and how we're discovering that. And interesting how a lot of this is coming out while we're all so focused on the Corona stuff. You know, why wasn't this released when the Corona thing wasn't going on? You know, it's just like this information. So uh, I'm not t- I'm not talking about the um, emails, you know, uh, being released. You know, they were released. Some of them were released a couple years ago. But yeah, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how this all plays out. Um, so the White House now, Donald Trump. You got to love this, and this is this is absolutely awesome. Um, he's now ordering uh, any. 
anybody in Iran, any, any of these Iranians uh, mess with our ships, uh, he's ordered the Navy to shoot them down. We're not messing with these people anymore. For the longest time, we've been taken advantage of by Iran. They've, they've you know, just completely screwed us in every single category possible. Uh, they've, you know, and, and they've threatened and tried to intimidate our leaders. And, and there's a new sheriff in town, and we're not going to play games anymore. You know, you, you can't bull, you know, and they haven't got, think about it. Since Trump has been in office, Iran has, has, has had all these demands. They've asked for all this money, uh, and he's given them nothing. As a matter of fact, he's putting more sanctions on them, and he's made them more restricted to uh, certain uh, accessibilities. So, you know, the Iran nuke deal, totally defunding that was one of the best things he ever did. Uh, you know, that was awesome. I mean, how could you not? How could you not love that? You know, we give them what? What was it? Uh, all these what was 150 billion, and then we we give them a bunch of money in cash, and then and there's you know think about how Trump did that, Obama did that, and the media defended him and covered him and all that. But think about how a Republican did that. It would be headlines for weeks and weeks. They'd scream bloody murder, and uh, you know, yeah, you know, and, and Iran sees us right now as vulnerable they see us as a time of under attack they see us at a time um where we you know are really going through enough problems so this is when they want to pull their little stunts their stupidity their ignorance you know that they're and they're you know what they're not as clever as they think they're going to make the wrong mistake and then they're not going to have a country left it would take us about two seconds to blow them up if they and i and you know what trump does not want a war but you know what guys you're going to really and, and think about this. Trump had, on numerous occasions, them poking, 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 whether it, whether it was uh, shooting, one down, shooting down one of our air drones. Um, you know, there were, there were other things they did, and they take something of ours in the middle of the sea. I, I don't know. I, I, I would have to read. But they, since he got in office, they've kind of doing little things. But they haven't done anything major. They, they did a lot of major stuff when Obama was in there, but they know better than to cross the line uh, with Donald Trump. Um, but they know he has his hands full right now at the same time. So, you know, if they come out of left field and start pulling bullshit, um, you know, it's, you, you gotta know, you gotta wonder, uh, that something is up, you know, it's, um, this is, this is, this because, cause, you know, he's got all these people around him and, you know, it's, he can only, Trump is the best president ever by far, but he can only handle so much. And you know what? I, I think he could pretty much handle anything. We've seen that. But, uh, you know, it's, he, he's, hum, he's a human too. You know, he, he, he needs he, – he just needs people, you know, like, um, like all the all, – like people like um, Jim Jordan and people like that in his corner and people like um, Dan Crenshaw. We, we, and we need to keep draining this swamp because I keep feeling like people like Lindsey Graham and some of these warmongers and, and, and neocons are just pushing for – uh, war with some of these Middle East countries. I mean, it's it's bad. Like some of the people talking in his ear, it's not good good advice. It's not something that we should, uh, you know, take pride in. <clears throat> um, let's see here. So this is something that just came out today, and and you know they're always trying to call right people on the right conspiracy theorists. They're always trying to call all of us, you know, names and and different things and saying that we are, um, you know, 
these radicals, you know, they blame the right for everything. This is, this is what the left does. They, they, they play the victim perfectly. But now you have a report that just came out. The FBI used a left-wing conspiracy theory to spy on the Trump campaign advisor. Think about how illegal that is. That makes Nixon look like a, a – like, I mean Nixon pretty much didn't do anything compared to what some of these new age politicians have done. But I mean look, look, at, look at what – look at that. Just listen to that theory, something that never existed. They use that excuse. It's the same sort of thing they use with the FISA warrant, all hearsay, no legitimate evidence, no sufficient cause, you know, but because they felt threatened by an outsider who was coming in to change America, you know, they, they had to do what they had to do. A sick, twisted government. It's um, we're, we're, we're I mean, you can't you can't make this stuff up. It's sad. Um, I want to bring this up, and this is really disgraceful. And this is just goes to show who the Democratic Party have have transformed into, and what they've, you know, how how they portray themselves, and, and who who they really are as people. But there was recently a Georgia uh, Black Democrat uh, representative. He's uh, how House of Representatives uh, for the state of Georgia. And um, he came out, and this, this takes balls, this takes courage, endorsed Trump, said how much of a huge fan he was and how much he's done for the African-American community. Right after he did that, he got nothing but death threats, uh, ridicule, um, humiliation uh, from his own party, uh, from people in the community. And uh, originally he said he was going to resign and not finish out his full term, but after talking to his supporters – after you know, really talking to his family, he said he's a fighter and he's going to stay in. He's going to stay in and he's going to do what he can to help Donald Trump. And uh, I just adore this man. I love this man. And you really got to applaud these people. Um, it, that's not easy. Being a Democrat, a black man in Georgia, coming out supporting Trump with, with everything that's going on. You know, I can only imagine what he had to get, what he had to endure. The you know, and, and, and this is what the, the party of the Democrats have turned into. You know, no free speech, can't think for yourself, you're controlled. Um, and, and he, I love what he said. He left the plantation, you know. He, and, and he also said, which is perfectly stated, the Democrat – I did not leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. Very true. These are not the JFK days anymore. These are not the moderates. And, and real conservative Democrats that they once were. Um, and everybody knows JFK was a conservative Democrat. There's no doubt about it. I don't want to get too off topic, but the only reason he ran as a Democrat because it's the state of Massachusetts. But um, you know, and that was, you know, and back in those days, pretty much there was a lot. There was so many Democrats back in those days that had so many conservative values, so much different than the political system today. Um, so much different than today. But um, getting back to this whole Georgia guy, yeah, I mean, can you believe that, guys? Like, that just goes to show, like, is that how, – how is that appro- how is that even appropriate or tolerable or acceptable? That's the most unethical, immoral thing I could ever think of. You can't make your own decisions. Isn't that what America is all about without facing some sort of backlash? I mean, these people not, – and that, and that what really bothers me is that people have to stay silent about who they're voting for, especially if they're supporting Trump, because some people are – Going to, going to encounter violence from, from people that don't like, like that answer. You know what I mean? Like, we're not safe. It's not a safe society anymore. You know, I've never seen politics this divisive coming from us. I'll tell you that. Um, 
Let's see here. I want to get into this. Oh, this is interesting. So the Democratic Party, I mean, they're in shambles. Let's face it. They've gone so far left. Um, you know, they, they have so many people that have walked away because people would much rather have their moderate level of, of government, even though they may not agree with everything Trump does. It's so much better than communism. And, you know, the Democratic Party can't even identify or name or put in place policies that benefit the American worker. Everything pretty much puts us that they want to put that they want to, you know, put out there would put us in poverty. Um, it would coddle illegal aliens. It would, it would, you know, put obviously a lot of money towards some of the worst things possible. Um, trannies, uh, the hundred different genders, uh, the slavery reparations, um, Medicare for all. I mean, they, they would, they, they would never stop. They would never, and that's, and that's scary. And they have a guy right now, Joe Biden, who can't even count to four, can't even complete a full sentence. And they think that he can beat Trump. You have people with a straight face coming out. And this guy has been in politics 40 years. He's ran for, what has he ran for president? Three or four times. This guy's a freaking moron. I mean, even, you know, and he, it's funny the way he talks, the way he comes off the way he approaches things, but it's also sad because you know he's senile. You know he's suffering from some sort of dementia or something. Like this guy is not um, well. He's he doesn't look well in the face. Um, you know, and forgetting people's names, forgetting what state he's in. I mean, how can and and he wants to do the. You know why he wants to do the debates virtually, right? Because he knows he's going to get his ass smacked on that stage with Trump. I mean, this is probably going to be the funniest debate ever. It's going to be over in two seconds. Can you imagine Joe answering a question? Well, uh, and, and Trump's like, okay, spit it out, Joe. We don't have all day. Come on. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. I mean, it, 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 that's what it's going to be like. This is, this is the interaction. This is how it's, these are how the dynamics are going to be uh, carried out. In these, uh, it's going to be the, some of the best TV we will ever watch. I guarantee you that. But uh, no, but anyways, there was a report today. And this is how incompetent, and this is how idiotic and dumb Joe Biden is. Osama bin Laden, again, that's Osama bin Laden. Before he was taken out, I believe, somebody remind me what year. Maybe it was like, what, 2011, 2012. But there, it was like a year or two before he was taken out. He wanted, he had a plot to assassinate uh, Barack Obama. That was bin Laden's plan. He wanted to take him out because he wanted to leave Joe Biden in charge because, quote, unquote, Joe Biden wouldn't know what to do with the country, and we would go into a huge crisis, and everything would spiral out of control. So you obviously have these other leaders that have been focusing – I mean, they're always focusing heavily on who, who's in charge. and they, Everybody is fixated on the U.S. If the U.S. – they want to know what the U.S. is doing first, because if we're not doing well, you know, it, it, that – you know, it, this, is, this, is, this is what – and it's an obsession. I see when you go to other countries, when you go other places, all people rave about is – and all people, you know, they can't stop talking about America. And, um, you know, you know, Ben Laden was a, obviously a terrible person, did a lot of bad things. Um, you know, I don't think he was solely responsible for 9-11. I think he had help. 
and I think in some ways he was a fall guy, but in no, in no means possible was he a good person. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to get too off topic here. Obviously, the government had to put the blame on one person, but it was multiple people that were involved. Um, including our government, I believe, and I don't want to. I don't. That's a whole nother discussion. But anyways, I mean, that, think about that, guys. Ben Laden, who you know, if you go look at his mind, and he's not, he's no dum dum. Ben Laden is actually a pretty uh, uh, strategic individual. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to hide for what almost ten years. Uh, you know, without being. I mean, this guy was. You know, he he had he had a plan. And, uh, you know, he had people listening to him, and he had people covering for him. Um, and he knew, you know, he knew. He was ahead of people. He was ahead of everybody else way before they were turned. But it finally, you know, they, they got him. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. I'm just – all this stuff keeps coming. And, you know, I, I want to I mention this. Um, you know, what, what's, what's crazy is that so Hillary Clinton is the only person right now missing from Joe Biden's uh, Democrats uniting uh, endorsement. Now, you've seen Al Gore, Mr. Phony Climate Change has come out and uh, endorsed Joe Biden. Pretty much everybody has come out and endorsed Joe Biden. Not Bill Clinton, obviously, but um, pretty much Barack Obama you saw. Uh, you've seen yeah, – pretty much the only people missing right now are Hillary and Bill. And, uh, you know, this – has to make you wonder. Uh, I think Hillary is still not over 2016. I mean, she still can't um, wrap her head around it. She's 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 in shock that she lost, which is uh, you know, <laughs> funny. It's funny. Uh, and imagine if she was in office right now, we would not have a country left. We would not have a country left if she was in office. We, and we would be owned and compromised by every single entity and country on the face of the earth. All righty, let's get into Corona. Let's start with this. Um, Joni Ernest, who I think so, you know, I'm not a big fan of politicians, but Joni Ernest is a pretty good senator. I think she's done a good job for the people of Iowa. I, I think she's brought a, some, a lot of good legislation in her years. And recently she put something out saying, and I don't even know why we were even doing this in the first place, but we, we were funding the Wuhan lab where the virus came out of. Why the hell was that going on? And, you, and you're trying to tell people, not to think that this was a setup, that this, the fix wasn't in, that this, this wasn't planned all along. Give me a break. People like Bill Gates, people like Fauci, people like – you name it, Burks. They all got ties to this. And the fact that – and it just goes to show how big money talks. All these, I'm sure, big-time business billionaires, elites, were giving these politicians money to fund these, you know, these labs. And this, you know, you heard Fauci at Georgetown back in 2017 say that there will be an epidemic. There will be an outbreak in the next couple of years. And you've heard Bill Gates basically predict it. You've had Bill Gates, this, this fascination with vaccines. Um, and the only way, apparently, according to Fauci and Bill Gates, to cure this corona thing is vaccines. Hell no. You ain't putting shit in my body. I'm not playing this game. You know, nobody should allow anything in their body. It should absolutely be an elective. It should be a choice. It should be one of those things that, you know, I, I mean, this shouldn't even be a discussion. And this is all part of their new world order. It's not about helping people. It's about creating more problems so they can say they have a solution and they can get rich off of it with all their kickbacks and the money behind closed doors. And these pharmaceuticals just make a fortune. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know what? We need to defund it. 
Jody Ernest is right. Defund these, 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 they're scums. They're dirty. They're filthy. These, why are we even getting, and you're telling me, how is, how does one of the highest secure labs just accidentally let something like this? Come on, come on, dude. We beat them on their economy. They've never been defeated by any leader in trade or they've never suffered this bad. So they wanted to pay us back. And when the U S is suffering, so is everybody else. And they couldn't let the U S you know, it's, it's just, it's a crazy, crazy situation. Um, there was a Pew Research poll that recently came out. There's more than nine in 10 Americans that are now calling China's power a threat to the United States. So you have nine in 10 Americans that this is pretty much a bipartisan thing. Pretty much both sides can agree right now that China is no good. They're no good for us, which is, you know, but you also got some of those idiots on the left that are absolutely defending China that are absolutely, you know, like for instance, uh, the 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 concert that these smelly feminist idiotic dumbass celebrities threw uh, this past weekend, you know, for the who, uh, trying to trying to defend communist China over uh, our own people, United States. I mean, it's it, you know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, but you know, you also got to take into account. I, I think a, a strong thing to look at here, and I don't think enough people are talking about this. China owns us in so many different industries: Hollywood, NBA. Um, certain w- ways, a lot of the business world, there's there's a lot of bad stuff going on. So you, it almost feels like they have to, you know, bow to them. It's crazy. It really is crazy stuff. Um, but you know, the fact that this poll came out, that's good. You know, that's good. But I would say there's still that small percentage that pick on Trump for anything, even if he does the right thing. They call him racist for banning travel from China. It's it's that's where the virus came from. You want people coming from there that have the virus? I mean, give me, these people. Oh my god. Okay. Um, I also want to mention right here. Uh, this is really really positive news. Mitch McConnell pledges to keep confirming uh, Trump picks, uh, court picks through through May. So, and I didn't mention this earlier. I should have. But uh, through May, all through May, we'll and, and remember this. We've almost got 200 judges on our court system, and it's totally changing the way we do things and putting us back to Western civilization and American values and our signature, uh, you know, uh, style, you know, the, the, what, what our principles and constitution was, was really built upon. So you, you really got to love this. And, you know, uh, it's really, a, I can't, th- I can't think of a better time to do it. You know, you got all the Democrats so focused on trying to ac- collapse our economy and trying to ruin Trump and, you know, keep, keep passing stuff, keep doing it. Amen. Um, so, so, so this is really sick stuff. Harvard university, uh, you know, they originally were going to take the coronavirus aid, even though they weren't supposed to, but then they backed down. I mean, Harvard gets, they're worth billions of dollars with a B. It's one of the most, it's an overrated school at this point. I mean, years ago, it was a very reputable high end school. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it still isn't, uh, but it's definitely not, not what it used to be. Um, I know a lot of people that went to Harvard and they're doing nothing with their lives. To be honest with you, I don't know a lot. I know a few, and uh, that's surprising. But it, it, but it, in a lot of ways, it goes to show. And I don't want to get too off topic. That in today's society, with how many business industries exist and how evolved technology is, and how real estate and how marketing, there's more people with high school diplomas that are millionaires than there are college with college degrees. Look it up. Like, not even you. You guys. 
and, and this is th- these are facts. I mean, think about what is being indoctrinated into students. Think about what is being fed to these kids at these universities. That 90% of what you learn at college, you'll never need in your everyday life. They don't teach you about money. They don't teach you about financial freedom. They don't teach you about things that you're going to need every, every day when you wake up. They teach you about nonsense because it's just another thing that they can put on their curriculum and add to their courses to make more money. And Harvard, I mean, Harvard is just disgusting. They get some of the dirtiest money on the face of the earth. Saudi Arabia, China, mostly from foreign, foreign entities. And, you know, and when, you, when, you're, when you're shoving money down people's pockets, you got say and you got authority over them. That's why Harvard's so backwards and, and so, I mean, they're racist in so many ways. They have blacks doing their own graduations. They have whites doing their own graduations. And still, there was a report from that from last year, and I'm like, what the what what's going on here? And then you got the 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 ban on free speech and the coddling of Islam. I could go on and on on what they do on these campuses. It's sick. It's really sick stuff. Um, and I'm glad. I'm and Harvard finally though they they would t- they they were going to take the money, but then they backed down because they got all this backlash. Like you guys don't need eight million dollars. You guys are worth billions with a B. What the hell are you doing? Give it to somebody who actually needs it. Um, a thousand. Okay, so here you remember that boat in New York that went to the harbor, um, that was supposed to treat all these corona people because all this over dramatic hysteria, unnecessary nonsense, and was being spewed to the media. And then the governor Cuomo, Fredo, Fredo's brother, was saying, "We need more beds. We need more beds. People are dying." So Trump sent the sent the ship, had over a thousand beds, and in the couple weeks it was there, it only used I think a hundred of those beds. So, you know, just another example of complete lies, complete fabrication, fear-mongering, completely twisting the narrative, not telling us the truth. It's, it's sick. It's really sick stuff. Um, the CDC director went on TV the other day, and CNN did not like this. Uh, but Robert Redfield, he shut down the narrative that coronavirus will be worse in the fall. So a lot of people thought maybe it's going to come back, maybe it's going to be more bad in the fall, or, you know, maybe it's going to, you know, keep on uh, being this severe or going to this extent, but no, but in, in reality, it, 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 you know, it's not, it's not, you know, and, and he dismissed that. He really did. And he put everything into perspective perfectly. Um, you know, and that goes into the whole fear mongering I was talking about earlier. So just, just knock it off media. It's once we, you know, it's pretty much the worst is behind us. Absolutely. We've, we've flattened the curve, you know, especially in New York, in the last two weeks, deaths are down. Um, I think the only real place struggling and still hasn't kind of um, stopped it completely yet is California. Everywhere else seems like they're ready to go. Seems like they're ready for business. Um, so this is disturbing. 66, again, a CDC report says 66% of homeless people are in San Francisco shelters have coronavirus. Again, 66% of homeless people in San Francisco shelters have the coronavirus. And you're putting all these people close together and you're infecting more and more of them. It makes me think these politicians continue to be in bed with these pharmaceuticals and these pharmaceuticals are telling them, okay, keep getting these people infected so we can make more money and we'll give you some money on the back end. I mean, this is, I mean, think about it. This is, it, it really is. Um, so Gavin Newsom, you know, he, he got a bunch of masks from China 
ventilators. And, and, and by the way, this is a bipartisan thing of people that are upset about this. And a lot of people are saying, why are we even getting anything from China after what they put us through? But anyways, Newsom got a bunch of ventilators, a bunch of different masks, and he's staying very quiet about it. You know why he's staying quiet? Because anybody with a sane, logical mind would never do this. If he really cared about his people, cared about his state, cared about the future of of how this is all going to play out, he wouldn't have gone down this road. You know why he did, though? Because there's something on the back end for him, and that's why he's refusing to discuss it. He's been asked about it in the last couple days. He will not talk about it. So compromised. So freaking compromised. And he's putting people in harm's way because God only knows what China's putting in these ventilators or in some of these medicines. And I'll tell you another thing. Places like California among, I think it's like 20 other states, they're using these drones that China gave them. And they are spying on people, making sure they're social distancing. That's how absurd and crazy it's come to in our society. You have, you have the police babysitting everybody's every single move. That's a violation of our freedom. It's a violation of the Constitution. These people are wrong in every single aspect. And, and by the way, if you're getting drones from China, they're storing data in there. And I talked about this on my show the other night. They're storing technology in there to get – just like Facebook and all these big tech companies sell your information, they're getting all that info on you. They're, they're with these drones. Don't think they're not. They can get so much with these drones. Drones are so evolved. Um, a place that's a really, it's really getting hit pretty hard uh, is Mexico. They, they are, it went up 20% over the weekend. So Mexico, um, everywhere else is pretty much has flattened the curve, except like Italy is still pretty bad, even though it went down drastically in terms of um, cases. Uh, but Mexico, I think at this point, uh, is probably the worst situation especially the fact that it's gone up 20% just over the weekend. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and another good reason why Trump shut the border. And think about all the sicknesses. Think about all the uh, health risks. And think about all besides corona. You know, when you have people coming across the border, we don't know where they're coming from. A lot of times they're not dressed very well. They wear clothes that are two weeks old. They haven't showered, not to be mean. Uh, they, you know, they have – various issues and they don't have the best medical proceedings in places like Mexico or other countries. And, you know, who knows what they're bringing with them besides Corona. So closing the border for so many different reasons, it should have been a long time ago, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I mean, it's just the facts guys. I mean, we're, we're, we're really living in a, um, an interesting time. It's, um, and think about what it took to close the border. He had to pretty much ruin the economy, Democrats, to it, – it, it, it should have never gotten to this point. I mean, you know, it's, it's just the whole thing has been out of control. Um, I also want to mention here um, – so President Trump, you know, just pause – the whole pause, this will allow Americans when we start recovering – and I think we're going to have one of the fastest economic recoveries – that we've ever seen. I think it's going to be more powerful than ever before. And I think Trump did it once. Obviously he can do it again. There's no doubt about that. So closing the border will allow Americans to be in their jobs, you know, first and foremost and take care of our citizens and have them assimilate properly and, and get situated back into 
um, civilization. And then, you know, the later down the road, once everybody else in our, once everybody in our country is taken care of, then we can talk about other citizens coming here. I think that's fair to say, don't you? You know, I mean, it's very simple guys. Um, let's go to, want to go to, let's go to political operative and, um, consultant, uh, Corey Jones, Corey, I'll start with you. Go ahead. I'm sure you got a lot on your mind. Sure, Rory. Um, I guess I'll start off with um, what you ended ta- your uh, monologue talking about, and that was uh, the immigration uh, suspension put forth by President Trump. And I, uh, I actually completely agree with you. And I think I, I may have uh, texted you something about the immigration suspension this week as well. But I mean, this really yeah, should have yeah, happened we- a long time ago for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this really should have happened a long time ago for many different reasons. And, uh, you know, President Obama actually made a statement uh, earlier this week talking about how climate change is uh, of greater detriment to the world than the coronavirus could ever be. And I actually am of the opinion that illegal immigration and mass immigration in many instances is more to the detriment of the United States than corona could ever be as well. Um, And the reason for that is simple, because even with many of uh, the legal immigrants that are coming across our borders, we're, we're not really sure what they're bringing to the United States in terms of their worldview, their culture, their values. Um, and so we need a breathing period in our country where we take a break from mass immigration. And so I was, um, you know, I was a, a big fan of President Trump suspending uh, immigration during this coronavirus uh, hiatus. But I was, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit disappointed because I wish it would have happened a lot sooner for other reasons. Um, it's sad that it took a global pandemic for us to actually, um, you know, put a halt on immigration. I mean, this whole idea, this whole concept of mass immigration um, wasn't really something that was instituted in the United States until around 1965 with the uh, Immigration Act. Um, and prior to 1965, it was actually common practice for the United States to take uh, breathing periods free of immigration so that we could assimilate many of the immigrants that had come here into our culture and into our society. And the reason why that's important, because if you have a lot of people that are coming from different parts of the globe and they're bringing their customs and values uh, to the United States and not willing to integrate and assimilate into our culture, then we're going to lose what it means to be American. And this was a immigration form that Pat Buchanan ran on. Um, whenever he ran for president several times, you know, quite a few years ago now. Um, and this is something that I, I really believed whenever I voted for Trump back in 2016 and worked, you know, for his campaign that this was, um, these were things that he also believed. And Trump has taken the approach of um, halting as much illegal immigration as possible, which I obviously agree with. Um, but it's nice to see that there's actually some focus on legal immigration. I mean, because, you know, he stated, Many other times, you know, we have a vetting process that isn't really vetting whatsoever. And so whenever you – I mean, it's, it's, it's just um, – you know, it's terrible. And we have all these homeless individuals in our country. You should talk about San Francisco, the homelessness crisis in, in California alone, and all the homeless veterans, all the people in our country without, uh, you know, good health care. Um, many of – many people in our country living below the poverty line. I, I mentioned all these – Things just to make the point that um, we really don't need uh, more people in this country right now. Whenever we can't even take care of our own, um, I actually talked to somebody about this this week. He said you need to be careful as a conservative, as someone that works with um, you know Republican politics, 
of stating things that you're actually happy about what happened with the immigration suspension. And I asked him, I said, why, well, why do you believe that? Why should I, why should I not support this move by President Trump? He said, well, the United States has a, an underlying moral duty to take care of the rest of the world. I think that's absolutely disgraceful. That goes against everything um, that our country stands for, actually. In fact, our founding fathers weren't great fans of mass immigration themselves. Um, in fact, if you look at the 1790 Naturalization Act, our founding fathers actually – many of our founding fathers actually limited immigration to white men of good character, which is just mind-boggling if you think of what our culture is today. And obviously I don't support that form of immigration, but to suggest that the United States has always been this great melting pot where we have this underlying duty to take care of the entire world, you know, all of the world's problems and bring in everybody from – um, every culture in every country. It's just simply not the case. Uh, that's not how our country has ever been until you know 1965 in the last 30, 40 years. And so I really support the move brought forth by President Trump, and I think it's necessary, um, especially in you know this time that we're living in with this global pandemic. Um, and I also wanted to mention uh, uh, something else that, that you were talking about earlier, and that's college campuses. And, uh, you know, Harvard University and, um, you know, Harvard University, I believe, was founded in 1636. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, but Harvard University has changed a lot over the past 400 years. And uh, if you actually look at their um, original mission statements, um, I, I don't have the entire mission statement memorized, but it was something along the lines of, you know, we're training individuals in education for them to eventually follow Christ and to build a foundation on Christ's word. It was something along those lines. And so Harvard University and their mission statement has uh, greatly changed from what it was 400 years ago. And as you stated in the opening introductions, um, I go to Liberty University. And um, uh, our mission statement, our, our school statement is training champions for Christ. And our school was founded in 1971. And so as you talked about earlier, I ran for uh, student body uh, vice president this year with my uh, great friend, James, James Nyberg. He's a, um, you know, he's going to be a future lawyer going to law school this fall. Um, and so he's, you know, we, we, we saw some things that were happening on our campus at Liberty University, and we wanted to take a stand for the founding uh, conservative values that made Liberty University what it was. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, Liberty, so Liberty University is looked at as the bastion of conservatism for the entire nation. Um, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr. is our president. He's a, um, you know, he's been a Trump supporter even before President Trump supported himself, really. Um, president Trump actually had his first commencement speech as president in 2017 on our campus at Liberty University. Uh, Mike Pence has given a commencement speech um, at our campus as well. And so our school, you know, it's it, it, it really represents, um, you know, more than just a, a private university in, in Lynchburg, Virginia. It's more than that. It's really, as I stated a second ago, it's it's um, you know, it's really the bastion of conservatism in the entire nation uh, for college campuses because we live in a world right now where students, as you were talking about earlier, can't go on to a college campus without getting brainwashed. Um, you know, it seems like every single public university that's out there, students are going on campus conservatives, and they're leaving more liberal than AOC. Um, and the reason for that is because there's such a, a – um, just a horrible environment 
on college campuses where people are peer pressured. People don't feel like they can actually uh, stand up for their conservative worldview without being attacked by professors, students, faculty members, um, you know, having their address leaked online. I mean, these are things that conservatives on college campuses frequently go through. And so I saw, you know, I, I saw at Liberty University there, you know, our, our, the administration, the school faculty is, um, is, is very conservative at Liberty University. But what's, there are like certain groups on campus that are not conservative whatsoever, very progressive. And these are the individuals that run student government at Liberty University. And so student government um, basically is the uh, bridge between the uh, Liberty University student body and the media, the school administration, um, pretty much everything. And so they run all the operations for the student body and is the student body representation. Um, and unfortunately, student government at Liberty University is extremely left-leaning. And so my friend and I, James, we, we, um, we saw a lot of things happening in student government that we found absolutely reprehensible. Um, I'll give you a few examples. Uh, the current president and vice president on several different occasions failed, actually straight up refused to promote pro-life events that were occurring on campus. Um, and this is a conservative university. They, they outright refused to promote pro-life events on campus, yet they held because – and this was their defense. They said, well, you know, pro-life stuff, that's a little bit too political, which is completely ridiculous. I mean, I mean the pro-life issue is not political at all. It's really moral. It's a moral issue and one that as Christ followers um, we're supposed to be aligned with, with God's word. Um, so they consider that to be too political and refuse to promote that. Um, however, um, they actually put on entire events talking about female discrimination in the workplace, about the gender uh, wage gap, which is a complete myth, I'm sure <laughs> you know. Um, you know. And so they, these are the type of events that they promoted um, in student government, yet they, they outright refused to promote pro-life events. And there were a lot of um, – other groups on campus um, that were promoting progressive causes, and they would often give these individuals a platform. Um, they were oftentimes implementing strict affirmative action policies where they were actually discriminating against um, white students in student government um, on the basis of their ethnicity because they wanted to uh, incur more diversity in the student government, which is just terrible. You know, it's just it's just not. You know, even Martin Luther King would be against. Uh, affirmative action in my mind because he wanted, he wanted individuals to be judged on the content of their character, not based on their skin color. Right, so right now, and absolutely, was, and I agree. I agree 100%. If, if people like Malcolm X or Martin Luther King were alive today, they would definitely be a Trump supporter. There's no doubt about that. And the reason they killed Martin Luther King and the reason they killed Malcolm X is because these people had the courage and the balls to speak up. You know what I mean? Completely agree. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm convinced, just like you are, that Martin Luther King Jr. wouldn't support affirmative action policies where people um, are judged on on the basis of, um, you know, your skin color, your ethnicity. And so, we saw many of those things happening in student government at Liberty University. And um, you know, my my friend and I, we um, and many of the other strong conservatives on campus, we decided to take a stand this year. And um, we ran against a ticket to 
um, nice people, nice people. I'll just say that. I'm not going to talk badly about other individuals um, while, they're, while I'm not able to confront them face-to-face. Um, but to be frank with you, a lot of their supporters, I'll just talk about their supporters, um, they were supported by individuals like um, you know, that, that, that didn't even go to Liberty that were trying to undermine my campaign and my operation. And so I had several hit pieces written about me and my um, affiliation with uh, you know, certain uh, uh, political conservative figures. Um, there was actually a uh, Me Too, the hashtag Me Too. There's a, a small, well, actually a pretty large uh, Me Too group at Liberty University, and they all wrote hit pieces about me. And so, um, hey. you know, all of these individuals were just, it was just a flood of attacks at Liberty University, which is supposed to be this conservative campus. And, right. um, you know, what made it even worse is that student government and the people that were actually overseeing the election, um, they also tried to undermine our campaign. They accused us of um, basically having the other campaigns Instagram accounts restricted, which that's that's impossible. I can't you know go in and restrict somebody's Instagram account. Um, you know they they did a lot of things to put roadblocks in front of our campaign. And so, and these are individuals that, once again, refuse to promote anything that's pro-life on campus, um, actively promote progressive causes. And so, I'm 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 greatly worried about the future of Liberty University. And with this whole coronavirus outbreak, um, you know, we had about four months of campaign strategy before going into last, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and then the entire election was moved online. And it may not seem like yeah. a big deal to people, and I've. And I've worked, you know, outside of Liberty, I still work um, with a lot of um, GOP congressional campaigns, and I've done that for a while as well. And so there are bigger things that are happening right now, and I understand that. You know, you have guests on here that are running for real public offices, and I'm not, uh, you know, trying to diminish that whatsoever. Those are probably more important than what I was doing in the past couple of months and what I, I do generally. But I think it is important at the end of the day because whenever we're talking about the the academic sphere and academia in general, um, these institutions are responsible for educating the, um, you know, educating the youth in our nation. And so if every single academic institution is turning left, um, then we're not going to be a, you know, we're, we're not going to have a chance as the Republican party if we don't get a hold of our uh, academic institutions. And so, no, we you know, that. I just want to warn. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 it's, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying. I just wanted to warn some of your, um, you know, viewers that, um, you know, let's let's start getting engaged with many of these universities. Um, you know, let's start reaching out to many of the students on campus and encouraging them to start um, college Republican clubs and getting more conservative yeah. groups um, organized on campus as well. Because I think one thing that Republicans and conservatives don't do well is we we don't seem to organize well together. It's like every single event that we have, um, there are twice as many Antifa protesters, you know, trying to take us down and trying to tear us apart. Um, I will give the left a little bit of credit. They are very organized um, whenever they try to tear down our institutions. And so they've, um, you know, they're, they're doing that right now. And they've, they've done that for the last several decades. And so I, uh, I'd like to encourage people that are listening to fight for the academic institutions that you care about try to save the minds of the youth um, from being perverted by, you know, radical um, left-leaning um, institutions. And so no, I agree. University, 
is is that it's I agree one, I agree one hundred percent. No, I agree. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a big it's a big epidemic right now, Corey. Um, I want you to stay with us though, because I want to get more into the Corona thing. Can you stay around for a while? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, and also tell everybody where they can connect with you and and find you. Sure thing. So I'm on Instagram at real Corey Jones. Um, you spell my name C O R E Y J O N E S. And then I'm on Twitter at the Corey. That's uh, those are the best places to find me. Perfect, perfect. Well, stay with us. I'm gonna get back to you before the show's over. I'm gonna get more into the Corona stuff. Then we got more guests. But uh, I'm glad you're glad you're with us tonight. Sure thing. Thanks, Corey. Everybody, I want to I wanna just mention who's going to be on the program tonight just to kind of go over. Uh, we'll be having successful businessman and popular writer John Kaliskyon. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, I want to make sure once I talk to him. We'll also be having U.S. congressional candidate from Colorado, William Kuchar. Uh, best-selling author David Galvin will be calling in. Uh, we'll also be having U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, Josh Barnett. Um, and we will be getting to everybody else on the panel here shortly. I will also be having activist uh, Equital Middleton uh, joining us uh, shortly, too. But first, I, w- I want to go to John, um, successful businessman and popular writer. John, did I pronounce your last name right? Is it, right? Is it Kaloskakayan? How do I pronounce it? <laughs> you know, that's okay, Rory. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's Colossion, but don't worry because it is a very okay. So the C and, is uh, silent. So, so the C, C is silent. <laughs> Colossion, yeah, few get it correct, but that, but don't worry. And um, yes, but I am on, and thank you very much for having me. It's uh, been very interesting listening to you, and especially uh, Corey, who was uh, just speaking uh, very interesting stuff. Well, absolutely. No, we always love having Corey on. Always gives great insight. Uh, Glad you could join us tonight. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, uh, you know, uh, for for passion, I run uh, a website called The Published Reporter, which is a news website. Uh, I have uh, a lot of uh, good journalists who are mostly conservative writers, uh, just trying to get the truth out there. You know, we're always looking for more journalists. If people have a passion for writing and uh, they have a story to tell, uh, you know, we, we uh, commonly, uh, you know, issue new columns to different writers. And uh, on the business side, I'm mostly in the Internet. Um, I build, uh, you know, web businesses. But for passion, I really am, uh, you know, very passionate about the news and utilizing the published reporter um, to get, you know, to get the word out there, to, uh, you know, have people really educated. You know, we have a lot to do to fight the mainstream media. I mean, you know, it, it's really difficult to, to break through the noise. And, uh, you know, independent publications like the Published Reporter are very, very important. And uh, they just continue to get more important as time goes on. So uh, that's Amen. what I do in a nutshell. You know, I, I run that site and, uh, you know, uh, always looking to expand and get more people on there. But thank you for having me again. Oh, no, I love it. I love it, man. And, and um, so it's amazing. It really is incredible. Uh, you know, just everything you've done and you, you've lived, you've lived a, definitely a successful career. And, you know, you're absolutely right when you talk about independent media, when you talk about creating more and more outlets that uh, people can trust because the mainstream media, uh, their credibility has just gone down the drain. And, um, you know, every voice needs to be heard. You know, we need to utilize, utilize these platforms 
speak our voice, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, we don't stay silent. And, and I've seen a lot of good stuff on your website. And um, I'm sure what made you start that was just you were fed up, right? I mean, and uh, how long well, have you been doing I mean, it for? The, the tables are really being turned. When the power of social media, uh, you know, I, I started this, uh, you know, Published Reporter is a, a, another spinoff. I, I had sold uh, a larger publication not too long ago, and um, I've always been uh, in the online news business, and there's really something amazing about being able to push a button and have someone halfway around the world reading a story, influencing what they feel, what they think, what they, you know, what, what you know, what they know about what's going on in the world, and um, you know, just just having a seat at the the national table, you know, like I said, it's a it's, it's a passion play for me. Um, I, I really enjoy being able to bring on new writers. You know, we have had some really good stories, um, you know, out uh, late, lately, um, you know, about, uh, you know, all sorts of things in the world and Clinton and, you know, things that have gone back, you know, several administrations. And, uh, you know, Trump is, is really the only one that's really making a difference. I mean, hopefully, you know, look what happened to JFK. Look what happened, you know, or attempted to happen to Reagan. These guys were, were, were trying to change you know, the entire uh, system and, uh, you know, there's, there's great forces against them from doing that. So, um, yeah, but just a passion for the news, uh, you know, uh, wanting to have a seat at the table, um, you know, it's very exciting and it's very fulfilling, um, you know, to be able to bring good writers on and help them get their message across to thousands of people who can then, you know, uh, change the way they're thinking about things. Very exciting. And what, and, oh, absolutely, 100%. I love it. And um, I have a, um, I have a website, a, a, a media site that I'm, I have, you know, being revamped right now, restructured, and uh, really get, we're going to make it to the next level and make it highly evolved just to kind of get on, you know, modern times. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we need to really uh, cre- create as many honest uh, reporting uh, platforms as possible um you know we the people deserve to know the truth and um you know it's 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 it, the truth is not um is not even a thing anymore i mean I, I see so much fake stuff and how long how long have you been had the published reporter for like two or three years well uh, believe it or not um i had sold uh, i had sold uh longisland.com in uh, december of uh 2018 tell us about that tell us about I, that well, that was a, uh, a publication that I had, you know, in the Long Island region. Of course, it was very, very large. Um, you know, being on Long Island, there's like 9 million people on Long Island. So it was a very big enterprise. I built it up after over about 15 years. I had sold it. And, you know, my writers, my, my people that were really passionate about working with me said, hey, listen, you know, you have to, you have, to have a new, another newspaper or another news website. So on January 1st, 2019, I created a the published reporter. So I believe it or not, it's only about a year and a half old, um, but we keep recruiting, uh, you know, more truth tellers, you know, people that are saying, Hey, you know what? I like this published reporter. I want to write for you, you know? So, uh, but you know, I, I've been in this business for a long period of time, about 15, almost 20 years, uh, creating news publications, um, you know, always fighting the, the, the major players, you know, in Long Island, it was Newsday and, you know, always up against the, the big players, but they just don't, they just don't have that edge anymore. I mean, you know, five, 10 years ago, it started to become significant where anybody 
could could compete with the New, the New York Times if they had the right story to tell and the, the Internet site had the reach. And they were in, you know, if you're reading Google News and you see, you know, you see uh, Newsday, you see the New York Post and you see the published reporter, what difference does it make whether it's a media conglomerate or it's a, it, you know, an independent site? If you've got the reach, you've had the readership, then you're going to get your story across. You're going to be able to you know, uh, affect the masses. And to me, I, there's just always been something really spectacular about that. And I had, I had heard you had mentioned that, you, had, you know, your site is evolving, you're trying to work on it. You know, I do, I do a lot of that work. I have been doing it for a very long time. And if I can be of some help to you, uh, please feel free to reach out. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 you know, I believe in what you're doing and, you know, the message you're trying to get across and what you're working on. So, Collaborating well, ab- sometimes ab- very powerful. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I own an app company, so if you ever need an app built, let me know because I've been building apps for about eight years. So I've been doing this a long time. Sure. Love technology. So fascinating. It, it's the future. It really is. Yes, but thank you for having me on. I appreciate all your, you know, everyone that's on right now. Of course, you know, I believe very much in in what uh, you know our current president is trying to do. And he's got a lot yeah. of forces working against him. And, um, you know, we, we all have to just do our part, whatever that part may be. You know what I mean? Right. And, and what do you – like, let me ask you this. You know, you're a business owner, and you're, you, you know, you're one of those guys that has been in the market a while. Um, how, do you, how do you see us rebounding? What do you, what do you see? I mean, uh, I, I, I believe that we're going to come back stronger than ever. If Trump did it once, he'll do it again, build the best economy. Well, you know – you know what? I, I, I'm worried because, you know, I, I you know, you see how how uh, corrupt everything is. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I, I hope and, and, and believe that 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 Trump is going to uh, get another four years. Uh, but even, you know, I was lucky enough to meet Roger Stone uh, recently. Uh, unfortunately, all the things that are happening to him. But even with Bernie, he was saying, you know, uh, you know, it's very likely that Trump is going to get in, but don't count Bernie out. You can't count anybody out. You know, this constant, you know, corruption. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we we believe that that uh, you know Trump is going to get in. He's going to get another four years. I mean, look at this disaster. I mean, it's almost it's almost unbelievable. Biden. He almost doesn't even know where he is, what room he's in, what state he's in. I mean, it's just insane. How is this guy even a realistic consideration? It just doesn't make any sense. So when you look at things like that that just don't make any sense, you know, you never know. Yeah, I mean – and they have no – and the sad part is they're, they're dragging him across the finish line. I mean, he can't even walk. He can't even talk. Uh, he wants to do it, everything on – It was on, so funny. Know, well, yeah. One of the stories we had come out recently um, was what is a matter with Biden? We mean Jill Biden. How is she letting her husband go through this disaster of interview after interview where he obviously cannot remember. He can't read off the teleprompter. He can't remember his lines. He sometimes just forgets what the hell he's talking about. Uh, it's just insane. <laughs> it really is. I love coming out with those stories and, and seeing the social media activity, seeing the people agree with it, and, and the sharing of the articles, and it's just it really is exciting. Well, no, amen, man. Well, I, no, I love, I love having you with us. And, um, 
Where where are you located? Like by I way? said, if there's, if there's conservative people that are passionate about writing and they want to have a column, if they have experience yeah. and they have, you know, they they want to syndicate. Some of our writers are syndicated in many other places. Uh, I'm in West Palm yeah. Beach, Florida, so, sunny Florida. Oh. I come from New York, but I recently relocated to Florida, and uh, that's yeah. where we are. And uh, it's a beautiful place to be right now. Even with this, well, I, I love it, man. I love it. I love everything you're doing. Let, let's get you back on here regularly. I really like your insight. I like everything you you have to offer. You bring great value. So um, let's definitely get you back soon and tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find you, all your businesses, all that good stuff. Promote whatever you want. Well, I am very easy to look up. Just look up my name, John Colasione, all over the internet. Um, you know, I have a Twitter. It's John at Colasione. Hard to spell, but just go to the published reporter. Uh, thepublishedreporter.com or just publishedreporter.com uh, and, you know, find us on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm very easy to find if anybody needs me, just, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm very easy to contact. It's not like there's a, there's a million channels to go through to get to me, uh, you know, just reach out and, and get a hold of me if you need me. Absolutely. Well, my friend, uh, thank you for coming on and let's get you back soon uh, to have a great night great. and stay safe out there. Thanks. Well, I'll be on listening in. All righty. Perfect. Sounds good. I'll keep you on. I'll keep you on. Good, good. Uh, everybody, I'm going to go to a quick commercial. Uh, we're going to be right back with U.S. congressional candidate from Colorado, William Kuchar. Uh, and we got a lot more people coming on tonight. Um, stay with us. This is the Rory Sodder Show. I love you all. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. New delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. 
If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Shotter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, be sure to find us online everywhere. Type in the show on Google, and it'll come up. Um, but I was I was all, I was gonna say like I'm used to. Uh, you can you can catch it on my website, my media site, the next n e x gen g e n usa dot com. But currently, it's being revamped right now. So, um, but guys, it's a beautiful night. Uh, I hope wherever you are, you're staying safe. You're doing well. Um, a lot still more to get into. I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Colorado, William Kuchar. William, how are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thank you for having me, Rory. Absolutely. Uh, tell us me? a little bit about yeah. yourself. Yeah, I can hear you well. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Glad you could join us. Okay. Well, I mean, as, as for me, I decided to run for Congress because I just couldn't sit there and do nothing. There was, there's so much going on in the world today and so many things that just disgust me with, with politics and, and attacks on conservatives and stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran, you know, I fought for my country. You know, we fought wars overseas. Thank so we don't have to fight wars. Thank you. But we fought wars overseas. So we don't have to fight wars here in the United States of America. And with everything that's going on, I couldn't sit there and do nothing. So that's that's why I had decided to run. About my background, Amen. I mean, I have a very, yeah. And about my background, one of the, one of the reasons why I thought that I stood a chance at this is, is because I have a very very unique background. I mean, you know, I grew up in poverty. I lived in an orphanage for a year. I graduated from Southwestern High School in Detroit, Michigan. I joined the service, served in Desert Storm. Got my used the GI Bill to get my degree in electronics, and got a job as a as a customer engineer. Did that until 9/11, and then I got let go from my my company as a part of reduction of force. When that happened, I wound up being a homeless veteran for about two years. Then I went back to work for that company again. But the uh, the thing is, I've gone through so many different walks of life, and I've overcome so many different challenges. So when people go ahead and they start talking about the problems that, that people are facing, you know, people like, like Joe Neguse, who's the current 
um, congressional uh, uh, congressman, he goes ahead and he will throw money at a problem and say it's fixed. But he doesn't – he's not actually fixing any problems, you know, and he doesn't understand the problem. You know, you have to be able to understand a problem to be able to know how to fix it. A lot of these politicians, they don't. They just throw money at it and say it's fixed, and then they feel good about themselves. It doesn't fix And all that anything. does, throwing money at it, usually all that does is enable the problem and keeps it growing. You know what I mean? Exactly. The homeless, homeless population has tripled in Colorado since they passed, uh, since they legalized right. marijuana. You know, everyone thought, well, that would be great, legalized marijuana. And the homeless rate tripled. You know, look at look at California. You know, places like San Francisco. Look what happened happened over there. Look at the homeless population. You know, Nancy, if she goes a mile from from her office over there, you know, what is she going to see? She's going to see needles all over the place. Homeless people. You know, there's a lot of problems here that we need to fix, and we need to find real ways of fixing them. Not throw money at it. Not guess. You know, not uh, say we're doing something, and and try to try to bedazzle or, or baffle the, the public. You and know? what, for, for people, and for people, yeah, I know, absolutely. And for people that don't know, what area di- does your district cover in Colorado? Well, uh, that, that's, that's, there's 10 counties. Um, there is Larimer, Boulder, uh, Gilpin, Jefferson, uh, Clear, uh, Clear Creek. There's, there's like t- 10 different Ten different areas, or t- ten different counties. It's, okay. a, it's a pretty big area. So, wow. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's a big area. It's very very difficult to uh, to tackle. Now, well, yeah, I do have. You know, Colorado is a beautiful Colorado is a beautiful place. It definitely is, and uh, I know it has a lot of Democratic leadership there, and I know they're you know they have some problems, and um, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that need to be fixed there. Now, I do have a confession to make. I know this isn't church, but uh, there is a confession I'd like to make. Um, in 2016, President Trump was running for office. There was a lot yeah. of media out there, and I didn't know what to listen to. I didn't know where to go. Um, I just right. knew I couldn't vote for Hillary. But at the same time, right. I, I couldn't vote for Trump because I didn't know much about Trump. I had lost faith in the political process. And right. um, so – with all the media that was out there, I didn't vote for Trump. That's my confession. But it took me about two months to realize that Trump was actually trying to fulfill his promises. Trump was actually doing good things for this country. And I I think the reason, and I think you and many other people got that same vibe and that same feel and that, you know, and I'll tell you why, because the way he comes off, you know, even though he's doing the right thing, he's out there for our best interest. Uh, you know, he, he's not he's not something we're used to. And I think a lot of people uh, were going through that when they were witnessing some of his, you know, antics and the way he came, you know, was doing going about things. And they're like, you know, wow, this guy. So I, I think but but actions obviously showed people differently. Um, you know, I wish obviously he would hold back sometimes on some of the things he says. Um, but for the most part, I like how genuine, how authentic he is. Um, you know, I think he is doing a great job with communicating with us on Twitter. Um, you know, but I, I will say, no, I, I, I understand. I, I definitely understand because, uh, you know, 
it, it's um, it's definitely a new a new era. We've never seen any candidate like this. I'll tell you that. And I'll tell you, it's, it's beyond impressive. He's delivered on. 80% of his promises. Again, that's 80% within three years. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill 10%. Exactly. And and I noticed that right away. As soon as he got into office, I noticed that he started fulfilling promises. He started doing the things right. that you know I expected him, that I wanted the president to do, but didn't actually expect it. You know, I thought, no way is this guy going to do what he, what he promised. He started doing what he promised. And Right. So I am one of millions of Americans that has changed their opinion on, on President Trump as as our president, and I am supporting him, and I'll do anything I can to help him win the election, uh, you know, this this uh, this coming election, because he's he's done a great job. And when you look at you know record low African American unemployment, record low uh, Asian uh, Americans, Hispanic Americans. Uh, a record number yeah. of women in the first, uh, women in the workforce. S- over six million uh, people uh, out of poverty. I mean, he's done. It's he's amazing. Done a great it's, it's, job. It's incre- It absolutely is incredible. I want you to stay with us. Uh, we still got a lot more to get to in the show, and let's definitely get make you a regular. Uh, but tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Okay, my. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's Kutcher William, so I'm at Kutcher William, and Kutcher starts with a C, not with a K. I'm also on Facebook, and my webpage is wkutcher.com. Uh, so those are the those are areas where you can find me. Absolutely, well, perfect, my friend. Well, uh, I lo- stay with us. Um, I, I got we got a lot more to get into. Yep, thank you. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have best-selling author David Galvin. David, my friend, how are you? How you doing, Rory? Thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely. Well, great to have you back. Uh, it's been a, it's been a while. Uh, obviously, you have a new book out, but uh, what else is new, man? What else has been going on? Yeah, well, I just published my book, The White Horse Riders. It's the first of my seven book uh, series based on the Seven Year Tribulation. That's pretty much a Christian apocalyptic end times action adventure based on the seven years uh, of the of the tribulation. It takes place after Donald Trump leaves office in 2025, and uh, uh, it's pretty much that the deep state takes charge again. And it's, it's just uh, it's an action adventure that tells pretty much what could be happening during these seven years. Yeah, no, I tell, I, no, and that, and that's that's one of the things I think that is concerning and really kind of a, a, a something that we're always, uh, you know, thinking about. Uh, you know, I, I, we we want to know what the future holds, because we, we want to make sure and that when he leaves office, that we're secure, that we're you know we're okay, and that all his policies stay in place. We don't want some dickhead coming in there and changing everything like past presidents usually do. We want somebody with the same agenda. I would love to see Don Jr. in there. I would love to see father like father like son. I would love to see the legacy to continue. I think the Trump family is very loved by many people. We've never seen any president with this kind of fan base. I mean, this the Donald Trump sells out uh, NFL stadiums, NBA arenas. Uh, I, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And there's a lot of articles saying that Don Jr. would be the favorite uh, in terms of the Republican nominee in 2024. 
uh, when Trump is done with his eight years. Um, but my, you know, I think every, you know, the, the concern obviously on everybody's mind that, you know, although it's unlikely for a Democrat to get in there, there's always that chance, you know? Yeah, right. I, I agree with you. Uh, we also have to understand that Donald Trump, and you know it's going to, you know it's going to happen if a Democrat gets in there. They're going to totally turn it into Venezuela or China. They're going to turn us into communist, pure communism. It's going to be some the scariest martial law, new world order anybody's ever seen. Yeah, well, I would agree with you because uh, the globalists are obviously not too happy now. They weren't happy with the direction that the country was going. And the COVID-19 was obviously a false flag attack in which that they were going to try to bring down the economy of the United States. And at the same time, it's just a pushback against freedom, not just only in America, but also across the world. As you see with uh, Brexit, too, and uh, other countries falling suit with Donald Trump, it seems like the globalists, the ones that want to bring in a, seven, bring in a new world order, a one-world globalist socialist government that is satanic also, it was not working, and it seems like the COVID-19, the COVID-19 disease, virus, whatever you want to call it, was actually almost like the perfect plan because you see right now things have stopped, and everything's just focusing right now on the COVID-19. And it almost seems like to me that even if we break out of this in the next couple of months, you still will see a big hit on the economy going into the future, and there's also the chance that they could be doing this again. It seems like they got away with so much now. They would actually feel confident that they could do this again, Rory. Oh, oh, I agree. And think about think about this. Think about everything they've tried. They've tried all these different tactics. They tried Mueller. They tried Ukraine. They tried right. even impeaching. Him. They tried impeaching him for stuff he said on Twitter. I mean, they've tried getting him for every little stupid little thing, and nothing really stuck or, or sticked. Or, or really was, you know, uh, nothing worked. But what they had to do was come up with some nonsense, or and they had to get their elites together, all their high-end people, and they needed to destroy the economy. And that's exactly what they did. Don't think for one second, everybody, that the Democrats are not involved with, with this whole China-Wuhan thing, because they absolutely are. You know how many ties they have to these kind of foreign entities? I mean, it never ends. That's why it's called a swamp. I mean, this, this is a number of people that are responsible. You can go into Bill Gates. You can go into Dr. Fauci. Right. You can go into the president of China, uh, even the Clintons. I mean, it goes on and on. Right, exactly. And, uh, I don't know if you've looked at this recently, but there was uh, a pet. crazy. This, this stuff just doesn't happen. Like, like AIDS was not an accident. Cancer was right. not an accident. They purposely released – Ebola was not an accident. Swine flu was not an accident. They purposely released this stuff for a lot of different reasons, but the, one of the big ones is pharmaceuticals. Think about how much money they make and think about how much money these politicians are getting on the back end. I mean it's, it's a never-ending cycle, and it, it's sick, sick stuff. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, well, any false flag that, any false flag that's happened in the past always has – Multiple agendas, and obviously we don't have to get into all the false flags right here. And we but even re- can, you believe, can you believe we were funding the Wuhan lab? There was taxpayer funding was going to that lab. So yes, I can actually believe it because this is the way the globalists work. They have things planned ahead of time for all these things. I mean, just imagine if Hillary Clinton was president now and they threw down this virus. We would be looking at forced vaccinations tomorrow. 
Yeah. Oh, it's true. Yeah, it's exactly. absolutely true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, even Bill Gates, there was a the patent came out for that W uh I forgot, but twenty twenty oh six oh six oh six was just found there's a patent there for these chips. And that's exactly what the end game is eventually gonna be. Uh, I know Aaron Russo, who's a famous director, was recruited by the Rockefeller family, and he decided yeah. not to get into the whole uh, high level. Yeah, you're sure you know there's a high, high level gen, and he asked, "What's the end game? The end game is for everyone to get a chip. If you get a chip, then we can turn you on or off for buying and selling. If you're out there protesting and we don't like it, you get turned off. So that's eventually part. Of, I don't think this right now here is the end game here." But this is a precursor to the end game. Oh, it is. Uh, oh, it is. And the, you know, this is this is their whole this is the, this is their whole new world order agenda. And to, uh, I, I want you to stay with us. Uh, we got we got a lot to get into. But uh, tell everybody where they can find all your books and where they can connect with you. Uh, thank you, Roy. Well, you can find my book, The White Horse Rideth. You just find me on Twitter. Just look for the Tribulation Series. Just search it. You'll come up to me. And I'm also on Facebook. Just search the Tribulation Series, and you'll find my site. And you just they'll have the uh, link for the book on Hulu. So, thank you for that, Rory. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And let me ask you one quick question: How deep do you think the deep state is? I know it's. I mean, obviously it's deep, but how deep oh, do you think it is? I, I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much uh, convinced these are just royal families. Illuminati families, high-level families, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, secret knowledge has been passed around for thousands of years. This is more than just the Democrats. This is more than even just the Rhinos. These are just the globalists that control things. We're talking about trillionaires, maybe tens of trillions of dollars. And these are people that really loose, that worship Lucifer, and they want to bring about the Antichrist. They want to bring about this one-world government. They want to bring about the one-world currency, the one-world religion. This is their goal. This goal has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. We have a lot of evidence for the last couple of hundreds of years, but it seems like now we're getting to the to the uh, crossing right here. Donald Trump has pushed it back a little bit. God gave us grace. God showed us favor, but it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be simple, and it's, it could get ugly, and then we'll find out what will happen. But, of course, as Christians, we have to pray on these things. We have to understand what's going on. And we have to be alert and we have to read the Bible and understand that if we are coming to these times, that we need to be aware and to watch out for these things and to prepare for these things, too. Amen. 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 Well said. Uh, stay with us. Um, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us right now, we have writer and speaker Sam Tolley. Sam, I know you have a lot of thoughts. And then afterwards, I'm going to get to U.S. congressional candidate Josh Barnett. And we have more people afterwards. But Sam, you have the floor. Go ahead. Well, you know, one thing about your uh, previous speaker, um, yeah, I believe the end game may very well also be the chip. I know it's definitely the control of the masses, and I think that they've used part of this present day situation to control the masses. Now, the good thing is that real Christians. Instead of Sinos, who I call Christian in name only, uh, you know, we understand the cause, and we're not going to take the chip. I mean, if anybody ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs or different um, books like that, or should, you can just go back to the beginning of the evangelists when Stephen got stoned. 
real believers have been prepared from day one that if we got to go, we got to go, because if we go down, we're going up. And since this is not our final destination, we're not going to be deterred by what these people say, and I don't care what political party they represent or whomever they represent. Uh, we believe in what the Bible says, and we're going to follow the dictates of God to the best of our ability. And when it comes down to whether we take the mark or whether we go, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go willingly because uh, when, I, when, I, when I mean willingly, I mean in deference to taking the mark. You know, no one wants to just get killed before their time. But, you know, there's a stand you have to take, and that's a stand we will take. Now, let me run over some of this stuff real quick. You know, one thing I thought about when, when you were talking about the Hillary emails, now, you know, I got no love for her at all, and I hope she gets everything that she has coming. But the one thing I would like to stress that people should do is never put anything out there that you can't live with, whether it's in print, whether it's in videos or interviews or anything. One thing I can't stand is particularly when you see Christian leaders or so-called leaders stand up there, make a stand on a situation, and then when the heat comes, they they backtrack, oh, well, I didn't mean it that way or I misspoke. No, say what you mean, mean what you say, and stand up for it all the way or keep your mouth shut. I mean, if we're going to be adults, we need to be able to understand the cost before we open our mouth. And if we believe what is right, then we're going to do it. And just like you were saying about Malcolm X, uh, yeah, he believed, uh, you know, he he left the Eli- you know, uh, Elijah Muhammad in that group, and he paid the price. Malcolm, I mean, Martin Luther King paid whatever price. And that brings me to, uh, I believe his name is Assemblyman Vernon Jones, a Democrat for Georgia. He was ready to step down after he caught hell for, for having the audacity to be a black Democrat that understood that Donald Trump, Donald Trump is not a racist and that he's been the best president that the black man in America has had. So since he, like he said, got off the plantation and he started catching heat, he almost wavered. And I'm so glad that whoever it was, you know, helped him to fortify himself in the stand. You know, because it, he represents who I believe are, are many other black folks that want to get out, that can see that this is nonsense, that that are not monolithic or robotic and just going to do what or don't want to just do what they're told to do. And he almost, he, he, he didn't backtrack from what he said, but he almost quit uh, his position. And if you're in a position of power in politics, that you need to own up to that position and use it to your benefit. Because like I tell everybody, there are two constants in life regarding your life. There are two things that dictate every aspect of your life. One is religion and the other is politics. And either your religion is going to govern your politics or your politics is going to govern your religion. And this country was made from a a Christian Judeo foundation, and we've stepped away from it. But the fact of it is, is that was the foundation, and, and many of us have allowed the secular world to come in and, and ruin that foundation. And I believe that we need to recapture it, and we need to hold fast to it. Just like when you were mentioning Harvard, many people do not know that those quote-unquote Ivy League institutions like Harvard and Princeton and Yale 
and, and most of them over there, they were all uh, created by Christian denominations. They were all created teaching the glory of God and, you know, promoting this, this country in a biblical fashion. Now they've become so secularized that most people don't know it because, of course, they don't teach civics or anything else uh, pertaining to uh, the history of this country in a manner that's going to educate anybody. So so we need to, you know, re-educate our children, but I'm not going to go into that because that's not where we're at tonight. Now, this thing about China and our pharmaceuticals, and this is the most insane thing I ever heard. How could you let a potential enemy get control of your medicine? Because if we, we, we go to war with anybody, we don't want our enemies controlling our pharmaceuticals. It's nonsense. All that stuff needs to be brought back. Just like when you said the president was on point one when he wanted to close the border. Now, hell, they got us closed in, our homes, instead of closing out the border from folks that shouldn't be here. But now it makes more sense than even, I dare say, some liberals might even think it makes more sense that we can protect our borders because we didn't have mumps and measles and a bunch of other diseases coming from below, whooping cough and whatnot, that we have been infiltrated back into our country from this porous border. And, of course, this corona thing has got people scared half to death, and I believe that is also scared half to death because that is by design because of the fact that if you look at the major scheme of things, corona is not more deadly or hasn't been more deadly in the last three months than smoking, traffic accidents, heart disease, cancer, AIDS, and especially abortion, you know, or let me say the flu, which they don't even talk about anymore. So they want to, you know, control everybody with fear, and fear is a very good controller unless you have intelligence and understanding and information. And they will, they will keep the information from you so you can't intelligently process it. And therefore, people, they, they go along with the fear. And fear, is, you know, will just ruin people. But yep. you have to stand aside that. I'm sorry? No, I said I agree with you. Okay. Now, you know, this is another thing about to show you the ridiculousness of some of the media on the coronavirus thing. I remember reading an article about a week or so ago. A 108-year-old woman died of coronavirus. And, I mean, I had to, and I thought to myself, they, they even the nerve to publish something like that, a 108-year-old woman, what would they expect her to be, 125, to live to be 150? I mean, these, and, and we, we know the Bellagio put in another 4,000 uh, deaths that they don't even, uh, um, can't even attribute in New York City because they suspect it might be from coronavirus. And all these padded numbers, building up all this, this, this fear-mongering around people, it is, just, it, is, it is just amazing, you know, and, and, and how they can control people. You know, when this thing came out, which is amazing, they said well, it was around December, and then we started getting the cases in January or something. And I and I look back at, okay, what was I doing? I think it was, uh, what was it, March? I flew to Jacksonville. I drove to Georgia. I went back to Jacksonville. I've been back and forth from Arizona many times. And then we came to Palmdale, drove to Las Vegas, Spent a few days in Vegas around all kinds of people before they shut that city down. 
you know, now I'm not discounting the fact that this thing isn't here, but I believe that many more people have had it than they said. I, I think I saw a report on Tucker Carlson where they said 300,000 people in L.A. County had the antibody. So like they've already had it. So as far as I know, most of us already experienced this thing. You know, the, the, the elderly that are infirm and the young with weak systems, these are the people that are more susceptible. These are the people that need to be looked after. You know, Wyoming didn't shut Wyoming down. Uh, South Dakota wasn't shut down. Uh, if you use common sense and you look at areas where there's a big problem and you deal with those areas instead of strangle the whole country, I mean, things could get done. But when you're strangling the whole country like this, it's insanity. And then, and then it brings out the madness of people like the, the Michigan governor that says people can only buy food and medicine and forbid them buying seeds and paint or even driving to their other home. I mean, these people come out like dictators. It, 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 it's nonsense. And the, and the yeah. problem why, the, re- the reason why they can get away with this stuff is because they don't teach civics in our society anymore. So, no, you know. they don't. They don't. It, it, it really is sad. I mean, what our society has come to. Uh, Sam, tell everybody where they can connect with you. They can reach me at Samuel Tolley on Facebook, Twitter, and on my YouTube channel. And my website, inhimfirst.com. Absolutely perfect. Well, always a pleasure you joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Take care, Roy. All righty, buddy. Um, I want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us right now. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, uh, Josh Barnett. Josh, what's up? Hey, what's up, Roy? How are you, man? Sorry, uh, caught you a little late tonight. No, you're fine. You're fine. Glad, glad we could get you in before the, before the closing of the show. But uh, what, what's been going on? What's on your mind? Well, no, we had a big Facebook a Twitter live tonight discussing the issue with the candidate that was running against me, and uh, we kind of exposed it for what it was. And it's a so kind of a long story, but basically she cheated. She forged about 696 signatures on her petition. We challenged it. She lost. She withdrew her candidacy. She challenged my signatures. We won that as well. And now I'm the official. Republican candidate for Congressional District 7 in Arizona. I'm the only one on the primary, so it's me versus Ruben. I love it, man. I love it, dude. Congratulations. We need people like you in there. This is this is huge, man. Yeah, so this was uh, you know, official um, just, uh, you know, within the last 24 hours or so. Uh, we waited until tonight to kind of throw it out there and, and explain to people what happened. And, uh, you know, we like I said, we um, – I had a candidate that ran against me that was basically fraudulent top to bottom, and she was placed in there to try to get me off the ballot. She had no intention of running. There's no doubt in my mind that's true that she had no intention of running. Somebody put her up to it, and uh, they failed miserably. And uh, we're going to put it behind us and move forward and, and put a focus on, on the message that, you know the message I have and what I'd like to see done and accomplished, and um, also with the economy now especially moving forward. Amen. Amen. And, um, well, I'm glad you have that all figured out. And, uh, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, made her face the music and she's paying the price and she's pretty much gonzo and, and, you know, done. 
And uh, we, you know, I'm glad you're going to be the nominee, man. Uh, Ruben is a is a weak candidate. I, I, I really think with all his failures, uh, you're really going to strongly prevail. I, I think that uh, you're in a really uh, great position. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I know you were at the Capitol uh, this past week. I was out of town on Sunday, unfortunately. But uh, tell us about that. The uh, the open up the uh, open up Arizona uh, protest. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, we there's tons of people out there as you saw. Uh, you know, we were basically just for me. It's just I'm just expressing where I feel Arizona in particular is not. We're not New York. You know, with with our numbers that are currently here, um, right. in comparison to the reaction, I feel it's time that we can safely open the vast majority of businesses in this state, if not all of them. And if you can social distance at Walmart, at Fry's, or anywhere else, you yeah. can social distance at a furniture store, you know, or anywhere else. So, um, you know, exactly. it's time to open up our economy. The, the economic damage we're doing right now, every day that goes by for these business owners, me being one of them, um, I kind of take it, you know, people can probably see my frustration on social media with it. Um, to have something you've worked on, you know, worked in my business for a decade, to have it shut down on you um, is very, very frustrating, especially in comparison to the numbers. I always come back to that because it's not my opinion. I'm basing my opinion on numbers and stats and data. And more people die from the flu in the last four and a half weeks. Actually, twice as many people die from the flu the last four and a half weeks in Arizona than COVID the entire time. I know. I know, and you don't hear anybody talking about, and you don't hear anybody talking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, you know, Governor Ducey, all I can do is pray that he hope, I hope that he does the right thing, and um, opens up Arizona, and gets yeah. us back rolling again. Because if he waits any longer, it's going to be irreparable damage to this economy. Right. And it's, I don't know how long it's going to take to get it back. And what bothers me is uh, Governor Ducey in our in our state is trying to say that he wants to listen to Fauci. Governor Ducey has not come out at oh, all saying yeah. any. Governor Ducey hasn't said anything about reopening whatsoever. Hasn't even said anything about plans. Meanwhile, you got so many other governors around the country already starting to talk about it. Not one word from Ducey. Ducey just keeps being stubborn, ignorant. And uh, such a lack of compassion. I mean, this guy's an asshole. Colorado's opening, Florida, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas, all opening. We're not. We're probably yeah. the lowest numbers of all of them, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it was very frustrating to hear when you see that happening. And we're like, wait, we got the least amount of deaths. And, and, uh, and we know the infection rate is 50 to 80 times higher than what is shown based off of studies from Stanford University. So we know it's it's pretty widespread, and yet we have 208 deaths, but the last 18 deaths have come from long-term care centers, basically old people, right. you know? Right. So we need to continue protecting the older population, but the rest of us could get on with life. And, um, and that, that's yep. how I feel about it right now. We need to protect the older population, but the rest of us could go about life. And if you want to wear a mask, wear it. If you want to wear gloves, wear it. If you want to stay home, then stay home. It's your choice. But... I don't feel that I should be, we should be held to the restrictions that have been imposed on us based on a faulty Fauci burst model of 2.2 million people dying when that's not true and that's not what happened. They revised that crappy model 14 times now. Yeah. And, and we haven't uh, uplifted any restrictions based on that. That's the problem I have. 
and that and that's yeah. I mean, there's there's a huge issue right now, Josh, and and we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna keep talking about it on the shows. We're gonna you know definitely get to the bottom of it. I think soon enough this will all be behind us. Uh, but I, I do got to close out the show. I got about a minute or two left. Tell everybody where they can connect with your campaign, get involved, connect with you on social media, all that good stuff. Yes, reach out to me at barnettforaz.com. Also on Twitter, Barnett for AZ, and Instagram, Barnett for AZ, Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. And call Governor Ducey and tell him to open up our state. I have a feeling he's going to do it by May 1st. I hope that's the case. But call him and express your opinion. That's how we get things done, people. you got to be vocal. Amen. Amen. Absolutely, 100%. Always a pleasure having you with us. And uh, we'll ha- we'll see you next week on the show. Sounds good. Have a good one, Roy. Thank you. You, you too, man. Have a great weekend.